0: Welcome back to Terror Talk on Terror Express, where Jimmy Presley returns, and we are going to be talking about Friday the 13th, Part 2 in this episode. You know Jimmy is author of A Bloody Halloween, which is available now on Amazon, and Jimmy, where else is that available?
1: Uh, Any legit online bookstore. It's there. There you go. Blood and
0: gore, body count, very graphic novel being made into a screenplay. Uh, no. So so we are going to talk about the first sequel to the 1980 classic, uh, Friday the 13th. And Jimmy, what I'm going to ask you right off the bat here about Friday the 13th Part 2. What's your favorite kill in Part 2?
1: My favorite death is, is probably Mark's death in the wheelchair just mm-hmm. because it was so sudden the way it happened, and it's pretty graphic. Um, and brutal. It's tied with Scott, uh, his death in the... Uh, the foot snare um, to me, because once again, it's someone who's absolutely at the mercy of Jason, uh, doesn't even have a chance for defense. Um, mm-hmm. Right. Just that to me, those two kills and for the whole franchise actually stick out. So not just part two, but
0: just, you know, he 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 had them where he wanted them. <clears throat> yeah, he did. Uh, and I think that um, part two to me, I think the kills compared to part one are a little more visceral. Yes. Uh, like like you have Mark in the wheelchair, you have Scott hanging upside down. You have Sandra who has Jeff on top of her so she can't move, oh, yeah. um, you know, and I, she she didn't really even have time to talk at first. When you see someone coming through your door with the spear, I don't think your mind quite recognizes it uh, as reality. You would question it. You would think, is this is this um, Ted playing a joke again? You right. know, like how he jumped out of the fire and it probably wasn't until that last minute. Just before he brought the spear down, that she realized, "Oh shit, this is really happening." Yep, yeah, that's what I think exactly. Yeah, and uh, I think the only death in part two, which I mean, it's a terrifying scene, is I'm going to say Vicky, who is my favorite character in part two. I I crushed pretty hard on Vicky through <laughs> through most of my uh, adolescent years, and I I was. Fortunate to tell Lauren Marie Taylor that story. I have had her on the show. So uh, listeners, go check out Lauren Marie Taylor. Her episode is called She's Dead. It's available now on season one of the Terror Express. But um, her her character, when she was getting killed, I, I get the fact that she was terrified. And I get that she was kind of shocked and, you know, seeing her friends there. But she was right next to a door. She could have ran out. I don't know. What are your thoughts on on Vicky's death?
1: Yeah, but I'll tell you, she was one of my favorites, too. And um, mm-hmm. I was fortunate enough to I got her autographed to a friend uh, when she did the Crystal Lake, uh, the thing they do every year up at the camp where they stay over the weekend. And yeah, I mean, she was right by the door. I, I think she was just she was gone. She was in shock. I don't even think it, it occurred to her. There was a door. Yeah. She was just in that realm where you just don't come back, and the fear took her. And uh, that really sucks, yeah. man. I'd have loved to see her put up a fight. I think she could have, but
0: yeah. You know. And the only reason I, I and I'm going to nitpick this isn't isn't due to writing or due to the way that it was uh, set up and and carried through. It was just the fact that it was Vicky. Vicky was my favorite. Vicky should have been final girl, like I had mentioned in the, uh, the first Friday Thirteenth uh, episode you tend to have another final girl in mind out of the yeah. victims and Vicky would have been that. I would have loved to have seen her make it through. Oh yeah. And part two was the first movie that I had ever seen. I was 10 years old and I was so scared. I was trembling. I had to keep changing the channel cause I just couldn't keep watching it. But mm-hmm. the scene with Vicky was the one that I will always remember is that one that stuck out to me as yeah. you know, horrifyingly scary and also very sad because my crush was just killed
1: (laughs) i know Uh, you know that movie vicky i I loved her i I think i was young but i saw the writing on the wall that they were kind of setting up uh for jenny to be the survivor Mm -hmm. but so i don't think it shocked me in the same way it did you but um i will throw this in real quick just on that note of the scene that's when really when you first see jason in that one um Uh, with vicky's death and it uh that did for uh to windows what mrs Voorhees under the bed did to Mm -hmm. me you know the same kind of effect uh as a child i was scared of windows and beds from Mm -hmm. the you know just these two movies alone so like you know what's next the (laughs) bathtub
0: no i i I totally understand with uh the whole jump scare of the window at the end a lot of people call that the dream sequence i think it Mm -hmm. happened yeah
1: yeah, it's that's a tough one. I I, I want to yeah. keep saying it happened, but you know, did I, it I mean, Muffy might have been dead. Oh, sorry, yeah. go
0: ahead. <laughs> no, no. I just I was totally agreeing with you. But yeah, yeah it, 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 I think it really happened.
1: Yeah, it's uh, yeah. it's scary. That's all I know is I didn't see yeah. that down any more than Jason coming out of the lake in part no, one. No, I didn't
0: either. I, I still consider that window jump the best jump scare in the history of horror to date. Yeah.
1: Oh, I do too. Uh, Let me tell you, I I still have trouble with Windows Uh,
0: on dark nights. Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. What's
1: out there? What's about to come in? You know, it's weird. Yes,
0: yes, absolutely. And a lot, a lot of filmmakers now with the cinematography, the style of it, you can pretty much tell when something's about to happen. You can see the setup. You can tell the way the camera's moving, or the way someone's walking backwards, or the way the the main character is on the one third of the the screen and they got the two thirds wide open to show what's going to happen. Yeah. When Jenny was in front of that window, you didn't get that. It was just a simple, simple movement of the camera that wouldn't signify somebody was going to be jumping into that frame at that moment. It was a total shock. And I tell you what, I think I hit my head on the ceiling and my shoes never left the ground. It was that kind of scare. <laughs> yeah. It was it was, was. it was, it was brilliant. It was, it was just, uh,
1: I'm picturing it. You, you did such a good job at describing there. I, it was me too. I mean, I remember seeing one and two early on. Mm-hmm. I don't remember which I saw first. I, I said in the other one, one is probably my favorite, but next to that yeah. with Jason or two, just, just from the deaths, the scares, the look of Jason, uh, again, the isolation oh, yeah.
0: of the woods. So yeah. wow. Again. <laughs> yeah. And we have actually two Jason's we have, and there was a, a pretty big war um, between the two actors. You have the face of Jason and then you have the actual Jason Warrington Gillette obviously is the face of Jason who, when they filmed the window scene, he said he was actually really pissed because he missed his mark or something and bounced off the the window and he hurt himself pretty bad. So when it was when they were filming it and he jumped through and Amy Steele was standing there, obviously Jenny, he was genuinely pissed and I believe uh, I'm loosely quoting here. He really wanted to hurt her. And I don't <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> you you can see it in his eye. Uh, literally. His see eye. It. Yeah. Yeah. That, uh, that was a great thing. And you mentioned Muffy. Um, obviously I'm an animal lover. I have to assume that, that, that animal that Jeff and Sandra found in the woods was not Muffy. <laughs> it yeah. was a whole different animal. And if the jump scare at the end, wasn't a dream and it was reality in my book, as I stated, Muffy was alive because she came back through the door and Paul opened the door and there's the dog. So Muffy is still alive.
1: Yeah, that's that works for me. You know, I've, I've spent too long trying to decipher the end. And then you go into three and it shows Jason pull the machete out of his shoulder at the altar of his mother's head. And um, yet when he jumps through that window, he still got the machete in his shoulder at it, it, shows it very well in that slow-mo shot i love that um so i just thought you know what? it's it's another movie uh, i like to think it happened too uh mm-hmm.
0: either way it scared the crap out of me Yeah. yep absolutely and a lot of people also say that alice was a dream sequence but alice's corpse is at the foot of jason's mother at the end it's the right. five-year rotted corpse with the, the ice pick still in her temple yeah
1: yeah, there's there's no argument there. I, I hate to mm-hmm. do that because I know a lot of fans are wanting to say. Yeah uh, what they say, but it's
0: no, she's and there. Now another another controversial uh conversation that part two often has. Is Paul alive? Did he survive or was he a victim? What what do you think?
1: <clears throat> I think uh Jason went through the window, grabbed uh Jenny, and then after the aftermath, would have been Paul, of course, trying to uh, uh you know, fight fight Jason for his girlfriend's uh, life, and right, obviously, something went awry there, and they both disappeared into the woods,
0: um, right? And, and right, so that's it. And and here's I, one of the things, too, I'll be releasing our conversation in part three next, obviously, on uh, on all the streaming platforms. But if you listen to the episode three when it's released, we will be discussing paul's fate and the news announcement when uh, edna is watching the news at the beginning of part three it literally states how many bodies were found strewn across the the campgrounds of part two and if you do the math it doesn't make sense that paul would be included so check out our our part three episode uh, coming up next after you listen to this one and and uh let us know what you think did paul survive or was paul one of the victims a lot of argument is in the screenplay or in the book, he was killed off or, you know, Victor Miller, Ron, whoever, you know, the writers of the screenplay would say, oh, he was originally killed off. But you know what? It didn't make film. So it's not canon in my book. If if, if I don't see it on the big screen, it, it, it didn't happen. Or if it's not yeah. mentioned on the big screen, at least it didn't happen. If they would have said they found Paul's body. OK, now it's canon. But no, you 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 end. Paul's story with Paul. Paul, where's Paul? And then they never answer. So, yeah, I
1: mean anything could have happened. It's funny mm-hmm. because we talked in the episode of part one about Alice, you know, crossing into the first from the first movie to the second and dying, uh kind of like the whole the Marion Crane death again from Psycho. Um, mm-hmm. I know they talked about for part three, and also I think after five and after six about a crossover or not a crossover but the character advancing into the next story and none of them ever worked out uh except for alice if i'm correct mm-hmm. on that i think um uh, the only character that kind of went from one film to the next would have been tommy later but <clears throat> it is to me goes to sh- i think the power of the writing back then i don't know i don't know what made them jump from that but i would love to have seen more of the jenny character but then we wouldn't have you know chris and debbie and all them from part three maybe so it's right
0: it's tough i I believe amy said she was offered uh, amy still was offered the role to reprise jenny in part three but she turned it down she went on to say uh that she regretted not taking it because it was supposed to take place in the hospital right yeah i
1: saw i remember that that was a that would have been a good story
0: which would have been the same year halloween two came out so you would be able to Uh, tell without a doubt that they were definitely competing and uh, clamoring against each other. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Now, I believe, didn't Halloween 2 come out in 1981? I don't want to give the wrong information. I know they they came out pretty close to each other. I don't want to say they came out the same year, if I might be off by a year, but they did come out relatively close to each other.
1: Right, yeah, it was 81. It was three years after the uh,
0: Halloween 1, right. Right. So we would have had Michael and Jason both in the hospital trying to get their target but yeah no, I, i'm i'm glad it turned out the way it did i love jenny she's a strong final girl but chris is my favorite like i said part three is my favorite movie of all time not just in the franchise but like ever made so um i'm glad three is what it was but part two will always be magic for me it was like i said the first one that i had ever seen what was your least favorite kill in part two
1: <clears throat> let's see. um oh that's a tough one because they were all pretty good i'd say um i want i don't want to <laughs> i don't want to put her in a bad light, but it probably <laughs> would have been you know vicky mm-hmm. uh i mean she got her legs slashed and then she just kind of it looked like he stabbed her i guess in the chest with a knife um and she slid down the wall it was all the buildup was really good but i thought it might have been weak compared to the to the yeah. rest of the kills in
0: that movie, you know. I I, I like the way they executed the scene. Other than the fact that she could have ran, I get she was paralyzed with fear. I have to say, my least favorite in the in the installment would be Terry, only for the simple reason is it's an off screen kill, and uh, that yeah. was the only off screen kill in part two. And I felt I felt like they could have, you know, given her something. Now you you see her body obviously at the base of, um, Pam's. Pamela's shrine, and uh, you do see the side of her face. If you see it when I believe it's when Paul and Jason are struggling, they show Terry laying there, and you can tell the side of her face. It looks like her cheek was um almost cut off. Ouch. If you look at it, yeah, it, there's a really good shot. And now in the book, in the novelization of Part Two, Terry was slammed. The side of her head was slammed against a tree. So if you keep that in mind when you watch part two and you see Terry's corpse laying there with the side of her face, you know, banged it up the way fit. it is, it, it it could fit. Absolutely. Yeah, so absolutely. I, I do believe he, he definitely slammed her against a tree and she's in the woods. So obviously there's plenty of trees for that opportunity. Oh yeah.
1: Yeah. I, that's I, speaking of trees. It reminds me of my third favorite death in that movie. And it's old Ralph, um, you know, it was kind of being a, a little bit of a pervert, but uh, his death always scared me. And it was, you just reminded me when you talked about the trees, because of the way Jason wraps that barbed wire from hand to hand, mm, you know? Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> and yeah. You get,
1: and it was just, wow.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yes. And then when he, when he's in the pantry uh, later on at the end and uh, Jenny oh, yeah. jumps out the window. Now we talked about the window scene being a jump scare. There's a lot of <laughs> tremendous oh, yeah. jump scares in part two you've got the pitchfork through the roof of the car you've got the the pitchfork through the door when she's standing next to the door you got him crashing through the window um when she's still in the cabin before she even you know before the end of the movie so there's a lot of yeah great jump I, scares And i think that's why part two stayed at the top of my list for so long
1: yeah me too and well you know it's funny because i never really put that together but you're right jason goes to the window after which she's at the sink before mm-hmm. she to go to the pantry yeah and that, that that again is another window scare maybe my little yes
0: yeah. uh-huh. you know put that together <laughs> jason yeah. fucked you up for windows <laughs> yeah he did <laughs> and then when uh um, jenny claims um breaks through the window and she jumps out that was actually amy Steele. so that looked like a stunt that she had actually done um, yep. and i'm wondering if there's if there's any record of of amy talking about that and perhaps she made stunt stunt person pay i know a lot of people would say oh i did this in the movie and i got paid for it i'm wondering if that might be a an example of that and if you watch part three there's a scene where dana um i'm sorry chris when chris jumps out the window and she lands from pretty high it oh, looks yeah. like that she may have done her own stunt in that too so these these characters they're badass
1: they are badass because every time i watch part two especially i see jenny hit the frame of that window and Mm -hmm. the whole frame board gives out and she Mm -hmm. just drops onto that pile of logs and she hits hard and then you're uh with dana or chris like you said it was the same i mean it looked like she was out of frame which had to be six or seven feet when her legs hit Mm -hmm. the ground yeah yeah that looked they were they were badass. That's a good word. Yeah,
0: they were, and I love the fact that Jenny was the the smart final girl out of the franchise. You know, she majored in psychology. I love, I love the that. fact that what saved Ted's life was the bar and the <laughs> him staying there and waiting for the bar to fall down on him. Was there anything else in part two that you liked or disliked that you wanted to mention before this episode ended?
1: I just I, I think everybody that watches the uh, the first two, especially, uh, they get. Captured not only by the the evil intention of the the you know the antagonist Jason, but or Mrs. Voorhees in part one, but it's mm-hmm. just what I love the most. And this may be a little off the question, but I think it's just that setting, the Packenack Lodge and and the uh, mm-hmm. the cabins, and it's just the way that they filmed it and. Mm-hmm. I did, there's just it's there's this magic that you can't grab in films today and i'm not putting every movie down just i can't seem to find that no same i kind
0: of i totally get it the 1980s definitely had that magic that's never been replicated it, the night the 80s especially the friday the 13th films especially the early friday the 13th films i'm going to say the first four oh yeah captured that that was the lightning in a bottle four times it's just,
1: like I said, watching them was like magic. There's just something there. I don't care what the critics said at the
0: time, that like the trash or the gore was just, there was magic and true for it. And that's that's what was magic in itself was when the critics would would trash these movies. You know you'd want to see them because if Seaskel and Ebert are saying this movie's an abomination, here's Betsy Palmer's address, write her a letter or go ask her why she made this movie, which was bullshit. They never should have done that but um it, it just tells you if, if they're trashing this movie i gonna want to go see it and i'm gonna love
1: it yeah I, do, I wish i'd been six seven years old when they came out like i said I, yeah. they were a little old by the time i saw them i guess five six years old um but
0: wow the impact is still mm-hmm. there it's amazing yes, it, is, it is definitely still there absolutely well jimmy i want to thank you um for joining us in this episode where we got to talk about friday the 13th part two where jason was four foot 11 and in the next episode where we talk about friday the 13th part three he is six foot two so (laughs) jason over the course of that night between part two and three grows a lot well he did (laughs) watch out (laughs) yes so So watch for that in the next episode that we're discussing. Um, You can reach out to me on Cameo for the Terror Express podcast if you'd like a message sent out to anybody for only $3. All proceeds raised there will go to animal charities, foundations, and organizations to help animals in distress and need. I'm Jason Bradford, your host, and with us was Jimmy Presley. Jimmy, thank you so much for coming on, and um, I look forward to talking to you about Part 3 and the rest of the P8.
1: Yeah, that sounds great. I I had a great time. I appreciate it.